0: Welcome to the Rock of Grace Warren Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. So with that said, we are kicking off a brand new series for the month of May, uh, and we are calling it The Big Five, or all of you that read only in Roman numerals, V, right? (laughs) Um, And it deals with uh, some of the culture pieces of who we are as Rock of Grace. And we call those our vision, our values, our vehicles, and our victories. A lot of V's, right? Uh, But all month long, we're going to be diving into what that looks like and how you play a role in that. And this morning... As we get ready to pray, one, I want to pray that God speak to your heart about how you can uh, be, use your gifts and talents to make an impact in someone's life, but two, how God can transform your life so that you are a better representation of Jesus. Amen? Because that's what it's all about, right? We want to look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday, right? And we want to look more like Jesus tomorrow and beyond than we did two years ago, right? So let's pray. Let's invite the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. And if you're joining us online today, we just want to welcome you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, And we just want you to feel like you're family and you are part of everything we're doing here at our Warren campus. So thank you so much, all of our online peeps this morning. But Jesus, today, open our hearts and ears to receive something from you that we would uh, be changed and transformed. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to start off this idea this morning with this thought that healthy believers make healthy churches, right? A church is not the building that you sit in currently. It's not the comfortable seat and the coffee that may or may not have been too strong that woke you up this morning. Uh, it's the collective of God's imperfect people coming together to do something extraordinary that changes the world. Right? I will tell you this morning, and I believe wholeheartedly, that the only hope our fallen world has, it's not government, it's not uh, resources, it's, it's not what the, the earth or the world can give us. Rather, the only hope this fallen world has is the church. And the church is only as healthy, because the church is a living organism, as the people that make up the church, right? And so I want you to keep that thought in your mind as we dive into the thoughts on how does the vision of God's house transform my life so that I can walk out what God has called me to do. And I want to start off this morning by reading a very familiar passage to you that you've probably heard a thousand times. Uh, It comes out of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And I'm going to read the first one out of the message version, and I'm going to read you another version because I I want to give you the clarity and the context that I think both of these versions paint for us. So this is uh, 29, 18 out of the message version. This is what it says. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But listen, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And essentially what he is saying is, listen, God has a picture and a design for how he wants things to go. Not just from a world perspective, but also from a church perspective and even more personal, an individual's perspective. And when we grab hold of what God is saying to the world, to the church, and to our own individual lives, we have a better chance of being the best representation of Jesus to the world because we are doing the very thing he's asking. Us to do right, so if people can't see what God is doing, then they stumble everywhere, right? But it says, when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. I want to read to you out of uh, another version this morning, the same exact verse, because I want you to see something this morning. It says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but it says, Blessed is He who keeps the law. I love the use that this translation gives of the word prophetic because prof- prophecy is an opportunity to connect to the big picture of God. It's not a guarantee. It's not a, if someone prophesied something over to you, it's not necessarily a, this is going to happen. But rather, what it is, it's an opportunity for you to partner. With the plan of God for your life, for the church, and even for the world, to make a lasting impact that fulfills the mission, which is to see the kingdom of God on the earth, right? And so when there's no vision, when there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They stumble all over themselves. But it is, blessed is he who keeps the law. I'll tell you this morning, vision without action is a daydream. But on the opposite side of that coin, action without vision is a nightmare, right? Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and had to go, whether it was to let an animal out, to get a drink of water, to check on a kid, to use the restroom, and out of the courtesy and kindness of your heart, you decided not to turn the light on to wake your spouse or anybody else up in the house, right? And you get out of bed. And you're groggy as it is. It's like, where am I, right? You're like, you're having one of those moments. And you know where you want to go, but for whatever reason, things at night don't look the same as they do in the day, right? It's like something rearranges the entire house, right? And you get up and you go, and you end up fumbling over something. You stub your toe, right? And right there, the Holy Spirit's like, what are you going to do now? What's coming out of your mouth next, right? A little praise the Lord, baby? No, just kidding. (laughs) That's right. And you stub your toe or you trip over something or you end up, you know, I I can't tell you, and this may give you some insight into who I am, I can't tell you how many times I've fallen down steps. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, right? Because I am just, one, I'm clumsy and unaware, but two, in the middle of the night, all bets are off. I don't know how I'm getting from point A to point B, and if I have to roll down those steps to get there to let that beautifully annoying dog out, I will do that. Right? Oh, I love that dog. He'll get on my bed at night, and he'll, uh, he's a 65, 70-pound bulldog. And I'm just going to be honest with you, he has the worst gas on God's earth. Okay? (laughs) I don't know if that's too much from the Paul, but I'm just going to tell you, he has the worst gas on the planet. And this stubborn little creature that God created uh, will get on my bed, and you, you know, you would think that, okay, maybe you'll lay at the foot of the bed right no 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 he will go put himself before I even come to bed he will go put his butt like right by where I sleep and I'm like and he does it to Monica oh, I'm like what are you doing and then he gets a little gassy and I'm like you're gonna kill us you're slowly killing us in this house oh, I love it and he usually has to go out and, I, and the point I'm trying to make this morning in a roundabout way is listen when we don't know where we're going and we can't see clearly the path that's laid out for us, we end up kind of stumbling and fumbling around, and that's the times in our life where we can get hurt, right? Where we could hurt somebody else, right? Where we lose our character, where we end up not being the best representation of Christ that we could be, right? It is vital this morning that you as a believer, part of this Warren campus, know the vision that we are trying to accomplish but even on a more personal level, know what God has called you to do within that vision, but also with you and your family. How many of you have seen the movie or read the book Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. Right. So there's an interaction that Alice has with uh, the Cheshire cat, or that big, ugly, creepy-looking cat. Yeah. All right, cats are from Satan. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> They're not, I'm just, they're, they're cute and cuddly and lovable, and they're great, and everyone should have four of them, okay? I didn't say that. Don't, don't quote me on that, all right? This is, turn the live off. But there's an interaction that Alice is having with uh, the cat, and this is how kind of the interaction goes. Alice says to the cat, and FYI, if you're talking to cats in your real life, come talk to me, and we'll figure out why you're talking to cats. But Alice is talking to a cat here, and she says, would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? And the cat's like, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to. And I find it interesting, the next phrase out of Alice's mouth, I don't much care where I go, right? And the cat's response is, then it doesn't matter which way you go. And I think sometimes that's indicative of our lives. We kind of push ourselves out there into the thing we call the world without really an understanding of, hey, God, what are you wanting from my life? What is that supposed to look like? And how can I best accomplish that through you? Not through me, because me will make a mess of it. Through you, I will come out blessed because of it, right? And so we have this picture this morning of, listen, if we don't know where we're going, then we end up fumbling around in the darkness, or uh, to paint even a better picture, without a vision, we, we, we uh, drift rudderless in an ocean, hoping to make it to our destination. You know, I found this quote interesting. Worldwide, only 13% of employees working for any organization are engaged in the, the uh, vision of that organization. Meaning 87% are not involved in, enthusiastic about, or committed to their work. 13% of people, 13 out of every 100 people say, you know what, I know what I'm supposed to do, I know what's required of me, I'm excited about the opportunity, and I can't wait to see what comes of it. The other 87% are like, I have no idea what's going on. I really wish I could get out of this. This job is terrible, and the people here smell, right? Like something is going on in their mind. The same concept and the same statistic is true in the church. You know, they came out back in the day with this idea that 80, it was this 80-20 rule. And it was this idea that 20% of the people end up doing 100% of the work. And I'm not advocating this morning for anybody to give anything else, but what I'm trying to paint for you this morning is, if we don't understand what we're about, then we'll be about everything. Right. And we can't be about everything because we can't do everything well, and God didn't call us to do everything. But God did call us to do some things, right? Yeah. Listen, from young to old, the church has the potential to be the most effective means to make lasting changes in the world right? Listen, I'll tell you this morning that the vision of Rock of Grace, and it is a big, bold, lofty vision. It is not a vision that one accomplishes on their own. It is not a vision that we take lightly because we know the magnitude and the gravity behind what we are wanting to do. The vision at Rock of Grace is to literally, two words, to transform Trumbull. right? And listen, I know that's broad, and I know that's generic this morning, but on its face, we are looking to make lasting impact in the world that we live in, in the county that we call home, so that people who are in darkness can find light, so that those bound by addiction can find freedom, right? That those stuck in old mindsets in ruts can understand that there is new life in Christ, Right, That's what we are about. And for the next few moments, I want to focus on that word, transform, if that's okay with you. Listen, transform, by definition, is to change in form, appearance, or structure. It's to literally take what previously existed and reform it in a way where it doesn't mirror what it once was, okay? Any Transformers fans in here from back in the day, Seen the movies, right? Right, I collect old toys, so sometimes you'll get a toy reference. Right, so I, I have transformers, and and at times they, you know, they can be all different things. A lot of them were cars, or, and fire engines, and planes. And when they transform, they turn into robots. They take their present state and they alter it in a way where it doesn't represent what it once was. And that's what transformation is supposed to look like. It's a verb of action that says hey listen this is what I am and in our context as a believer this might have been what I am but with Christ added to my equation this is what I am becoming and the progressive nature of God is that he will lovingly and gently transform us into the image of his son Jesus right Listen, I will tell you this morning that you cannot be a follower of Jesus and not change. Following Jesus will always produce a change in our lives. It's just the nature of what God wants to do in us. When he finds broken, fallen humanity, he says, you know what? I love you. I saved you. I picked you up. I cleaned you up. And now I'm going to point you in the direction of purpose and destiny so that you can then go out and the same experience you had, you can do in somebody else's life. That's the purpose of what God is wanting to do. The nature of our relationship with Jesus is to become more like him. But I'll tell you that that only happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. Amen? I want to read you Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is what it says. It says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I want to key off of the first part of that verse this morning. And I want to focus on two key words that are used in this verse by the Apostle Paul. It says, do not conform any longer uh, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word conform means to conform oneself to a pattern or to fashion ourselves. And before Jesus entered our lives, our lives followed a pattern of the world. A pattern instituted by our first parents that every generation subsequently that came after them, after Adam and Eve, fell under. We call that in the church world, the churchy terms, the curse of sin. And we all followed and fell under that. And that's the conformity that the world brings about in our lives. Right? And Paul is telling us in Romans 12 too, listen, don't conform any longer to that. That's who you once were. That's that's who you are apart from Jesus. That's what your old self, the flesh, you know, they use some church lingo for you. But really, it's anything you were prior to Christ. Then he goes on to say, listen, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but then he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That transformation that Paul is writing about there in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, is everything that comes after Christ. It's the progression that God takes his people on from the point of, hey, Jesus, I need you desperately in my life because my life is empty without you or I'm broken without you or I'm a sinner. For whatever reason, you came to Christ. And in that moment, you said yes to the plan of God and the person of God, and God says, fantastic. Now I'm going to lovingly bring about a transformation in your life so that as you grow in maturity and in faith, You will better resemble my son Jesus to the rest of this world, right? Listen, Jesus brings about new life in us through our laid-down lives and our obedience to his word. As followers of Jesus, we must allow the work of the Holy Spirit to make us more and more like Jesus every day. James chapter 1. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. Continuing on, it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no, he- uh, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. Amen. Right? James is like, slap. Yeah. Right? Sometimes the Bible, sometimes it's okay. Like, Slap from the Lord is okay sometimes, right? Like, I know I need it. I don't know about you, but I know sometimes God's like, Andrew, what are you doing? Right, like, fix it. Other times he's like, hey, buddy, it's going to be okay. Let me hug you, right? Here's a participation trophy, all that, right? (laughs) Right? Other times he's like, you're old enough, you know better, stop it. Mm -hmm. And both are okay. And we have to grow comfortable with both of those experiences in Christ. But what James is trying to get the early church to understand is, listen, You can know all of the Bible you want. You can know all of the text. You can know what it means. You can quote it. You can memorize it. You can put it on a sticker. You can journal about it. And you can color coordinate it. You can put it on the back of your car. You can leave notes everywhere. But if you're not living it out, right, then it becomes worthless because it doesn't produce the life change that the word is supposed to produce in us, right? It's just simply something that we agree with philosophically or theologically, but it's not pricked our hearts enough to produce real change. And the idea of God's word is to say, Holy Spirit, expose me, not so that you can judge me or be mad at me, but expose my heart in my sinful ways so that I can come closer to you and get rid of them in my life. That's the nature of what God wants to do this morning. Listen, the work of the Holy Spirit in us is that we might be a better representation of Jesus today than we were yesterday, right? The Holy Spirit wants to deal with the issues that hold us back. The only people that can get content with our lives are us. God doesn't grow content with us and say, you know what? you've reached the pinnacle of everything I've ever wanted to do, right? I just, you know what, because you've reached the pinnacle of everything you've ever wanted to do, I got you this comfortable chair, and I just want you to sit here till, till I come back, and you know what, you're going to sit here so long that you can, you know, your butt print is going to be in that, and no one else is going to be able to sit there, and we're going to take that chair after you go on the glory, and we're going to sh- enshrine it, so that people can see that you reached the pinnacle and, were, and I was content with where you were. That's not in there, right? But rather what God is wanting to do in us is to say, you know what? There's more that we can do to reach people and there's more that we can do to love better and there's more that we can do to allow our lives to reflect him listen this isn't this message isn't about rules and regulations and raining on your parade and and robbing you of the fun and all of those things that, that that used to happen back in the day in church it's about us growing comfortable with listen conviction is okay right it's part of the process and god wants to move us into a place of maturity that says you know what That might have been okay at one point in my life, but where I want to go with God, it can't be okay anymore. And that's okay, right? Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to minister to the stumbling blocks that keep popping up and affecting, listen, your relationships, your friendships, your work, your dreams, the vision you have for your life. Can I tell you this morning, if you struggle with anger, the Holy Spirit can help you deal with it. If you struggle with bitterness and unforgiveness, the Holy Spirit can help you deal with it, right? If you have hurts, wounds, guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to help you deal with it. If you deal with depression, anxiety, worry, or any other mental illness, guess what? The Holy Spirit can minister to that too. He wants to bring healing and wholeness to our lives. Listen, I used to struggle with anger. My parents divorced. My father was an alcoholic. He died when I was 21. Never saw his grandkids. Never saw me get married. All of those things that the enemy just said on my shoulder and reminded me of to increase the, the already broken feelings I had on the inside of me. And the enemy just came along and kept throwing fire or, or wood on the fire and got me so angry all the time, right? And got me so bitter and so mad that, that, I, that I felt like I was robbed of a father. Earthly in my life. And it wasn't until I got older and I started to surrender more that the Lord reminded me what you didn't have in an earthly father, I gave to you in spiritual fathers, right? The men, in, uh, the men of God that came around me as a young boy and as a, as a teen and an adolescent and even a young adult that said, you know what? I can be an example for you. I can be an encouragement to you. I can be a a prayer partner with you. I can be an accountability to you. I can love on you. I can go to your game. I can show up and do this and that and this and that. And so what I'm saying to you this morning is when I finally surrendered that anger, the Holy Spirit came in, took it away, uh, freed me from it, and reminded me that, listen, even when you didn't think I was there, guess what? I was there. Even when you thought I wasn't concerned about you, guess what I was? And I worked it all out for your good. The bitterness, the unforgiveness, all of those things are found, uh, uh, helped with, I should say, rather, in the person of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to minister to every single issue and stumbling block in your life that keeps you from looking like Jesus. That's fantastic. It's also free. Listen, I'm not, I, I, I love counseling, I love therapists, and I'm an advocate for that. I send people that stuff all the time. But it's expensive. This is free, right? And it works, it's 100% proven guaranteed. Listen, I want to encourage you with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 this morning. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let me finish this for you this morning. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. My goodness, what good news for us today That Jesus, our risen King, who is sitting down at the, the right hand of the Father, also is very aware of what we are going through. That in every way he was tempted. That in every way, the same issues you and I are dealing with, he dealt with them. And I love that the Bible says that yet he did not sin. Right? And I love the assurance we have in verse 16 that, listen, knowing that with confidence... We can draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. We all have a time of need in our life, right? The opposite side of that, or I should say the response on our part in that is the Holy Spirit is what I would call a gentleman in the sense that he will only progress into your life to the level that you permit him to and what I mean is that if you want to wall up your heart and your mind and say hey God you can have this much access to my life but not anymore then he'll stop here but it's when we become vulnerable and we become transparent and we say hey this is the real right I don't like fake. I don't like phony. I was taught it in church for a large part of my life, not not in any bad way. Well-intentioned people used, used to use phrases around me like, fake it till you make it. Smile your way through it. They don't want to see a pastor who has problems. These are the things, and I don't like it. Because it dehumanizes the reality that we're in a fallen world and we are fallen people. Listen, I'm not advocating sin. I'm not saying you should just go out and sin and celebrate it because people do that all day long and wear it like a badge of honor. But what I am saying this morning is here, you can be as real as you want to be because I will always be as real as I can be with you, right? And I want you to feel a comfort when you come in and say, you know what, I'm not perfect. I'm not looking to be perfect but I'm here because I know Jesus can meet me exactly where I'm at, and he can move me forward in where I want to go. Yeah. The danger is when we live in it, right? The sin is when we live in it. But if, we're con- if we're, uh, 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 des- uh, we desire to move beyond it, there's grace all day long. That's the beauty of God. I know where you want to go, and I'm striving to get there. Then grace comes in like a kick in the butt and says, let me help you get the rest of the way down the road. Amen? Understand, we can only help people, take people, and minister to people if we have first been helped, taken, and ministered to ourselves, right? I told you at the beginning, transforming Trumbull, the vision of Rock of Grace, Warren, Kinsman, Cortland, all of Rock of Grace, is lofty, Right? It's not a one-man show. It's not a pastoral show. It's not a paid staff. It is a collective of people saying, I'm going to look like Jesus in the context of the world I live in, and I'm going to bring people into the family of God based on how my life reflects him. The work of the Holy Spirit must first take place in our lives. We will only ever take someone as far as we ourselves have gone. And if we stop short, those attached to our lives will also stop short. It's just reality. But if we truly want to see a county, a place transformed, a city transformed, then we must allow the Holy Spirit to do transformation work in us first. Right? Listen, we love the journey. and I'm not talking about the band. Even though, don't stop, if someone played Don't Stop Believing right now, I'd totally go karaoke on it, right? The journey is where we grow. It's where memories are made. It's where we can reflect back and remember who we were prior to Jesus. But culturally, too many people get enamored with the journey, and they lose sight of the destination, right? You know, we'll say, like, oh, God's still working on me. God, I got a problem, but God's fixing them. And we, we live in that. And we forget about the destination that He's called us to. Listen, when you go on any vacation in here, anybody get out of Ohio for some warmer, sunnier times sometime. Amen. Amen. Take me with you, please. No. But listen. When you head out on vacation, right, and you plan, you pack, you, you, you corral the kids, you save up money, you book the hotel, you book the resort, you book the cruise, you book, get the airplane tickets, you do all of the things that, that require uh, you to have vacation, right? Take the time off work, find someone to watch the dogs. If you got cats, you just throw some food out and hope for the best. I'm totally joking. Totally kidding, sort of. Uh, anyways. But listen, you do all the things you do, and you get in the car, and you drive your 14, 15, 16 hours to Florida, right? You don't stop in Alabama and call it a day. You don't have, honey, we got to Alabama. That's good enough. Go ahead and book that Motel 6, and you, me, and the kids, we're going to find something to do, right, in Alabama for the next week. I know two hours to Florida, 95% is good enough, right? I mean, my goodness, didn't we have a great time on the journey? Right? Man, that pilot gas station, whew. The hot dogs they put on those rollers, right? They looked almost fresh. <laughs> like, I might consider eating one, right? Man, that bathroom at that truck stop, whew. I don't know what happened in there, but my goodness, wasn't that a memory? <laughs> right? Like that Shoney's big Grand Slam special breakfast we had somewhere, right? Outside of Georgia. Oh my goodness, I'm still feeling it today. Man, wasn't this journey fun? I think we could call it quits here in Alabama. 95% away, or there, only two hours away from our destination. And couldn't we just look back and say, goodness, guys, kids, do you remember that life-size ball of yarn? Uh, we stopped that on the side of the road there outside of Murfreesboro, right? You guys try that AL8 in Frankfort, Kentucky? Yeah. If you've never had AL8. It'll change your life. But anyways, I used to work in Kentucky. I love AL8. The point I'm trying to help us understand today as we get ready to wrap this up is when you set out, With a destination in mind, in this context, vacation, the goal is to get to your destination, right? Right. Alabama's cool. There's probably some awesome stuff to do there. But we didn't spend all this money, time, planning, packing the kids up, throwing them in the car, being asked 18,000 times, are we there yet? Right. My daughter, we, we, went, we drove about an hour and a half to a, a graduation party for Mon, uh, Monica's cousin. She asked, on an average of every eight minutes, are we there yet? And in my mind, I'm trying to do math to, a, to think of, if that's a 14, 15 hour drive, how many are we there yet am I going to get? Too many. Alabama is great, but it's not what we spent the money on. It's not what we planned for. It's not what we set out to do. And we can't live for the journey at the expense of the destination. If you want to come. Listen, I can tell you this morning, and we're going to get ready to close. As followers of Jesus, we are only scratching the surface of what Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit, wants to do in our lives. Can I tell you this morning, that there is power in Christ that makes the gates of hell tremble That's right. and the enemy flee. That same power can save your soul, deliver you from addiction and break, break chains that hold you. It can save your family, your marriage, your friendships, and anything else in between. Listen, as a pastor this morning, as the campus pastor here with a heart for you and a heart for this city, I don't just want to be a church where people gather on Sundays to worship, hear a good message, and go home the same way they came in. That just won't do it for me. I got saved at 10 years old in a Pentecostal church. I only know Pentecost. I only know the Holy Spirit. I only know that God is experiential and transformational. If you come from another background, I'm not judging you this one. I'm just telling you this is my context. And I was taught at an early age that we don't just show up at church to, have a, to, uh, to be you know, made to feel good, to not be challenged, to go home the same way. I was told that the God we serve is alive and living and active and he speaks and he moves and he's demonstrative and he can heal and he can deliver and set free. And if I would only but pursue him, I would find him in an even greater way. That's what I was told growing up. And at 10 years old, you believe that stuff. And I could confidently stand before you at 34, almost 35 years old in fall this year. And I could tell you that at 34 years old, I still believe that. That that little 10-year-old boy who went to a church in Warren and got saved, that was told that God can deliver, that God can fill you up with the Holy Spirit, that God can give you a purpose and a destiny outside of your broken family unit in a way that you've never thought possible, can still do that today. Listen, I want to be a church where people can be authentic, where they can be transparent, where they can be open, where they come in one way, but guess what? They leave a different way where there's no sense of judgment. Guess what? We'll never judge you here because we're all imperfect trying to figure it out anyways. I want to be a church that's marked by the power and the presence of Jesus. I want to be a church where marriages are restored, where love abounds, where grace is offered, where signs, wonders, and miracles become the norm and not just an occasional occurrence. I want to be a church where people who are far from God can come find a new life in Him. I want to be a church where love abounds and fresh starts begin. And listen, this morning we're going to do something different. If that's you and those things I said a moment ago, register with you. If that's the kind of church you want to be a part of, I want you to stand to your feet right now, and we're going to worship one more time together this morning, and we're going to enthrone Jesus over this place in a way that it positions us to transform this county. Listen, it only takes one. One hungry, set-on-fire person to uh, be set ablaze by God and guess what happens? Other people that surround that individual will take notice and they will come running and their friends will come running and their family will come running and before you know it the entirety of a place is filled because somebody got hungry to watch God move in their life. with our pursuit of Jesus. We can create great programs. We can do a lot of self-help. We can hold an addiction addiction class here. We can do all those things and guess what we're going to? But if it's apart from the working of the Holy Spirit, it will never last. It will be a temporary band-aid on a much larger problem that only God is equipped to handle. I want you to lift your hands I want you to close your eyes and I want you to allow the work of the Holy Spirit if you're struggling this morning listen these altars are open we will meet you we will pray with you no questions asked if you're online with us today you're in your home I want to invite you close your eyes I want you to lift your hands you have a personal moment with God, whether you're watching on your phone, on your computer, whether you're uh, on your TV, on YouTube, whatever you're doing, I just want you to connect with the person of the Holy Spirit today as we worship. If you enjoyed today's message, there are a couple things I would love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today by going to give.rockofgrace.org. And thanks again for joining us on the Rock of Grace Warren podcast.